You're listening to The LaunchCast, the podcast about leadership, business, life, and growth with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. It's like food for your ears. At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the LaunchCast. Episode 120. You know what that means? We made it. It's your boy, George Andriopoulos, the launch dad himself, bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. For 20 straight episodes, we did it. And we're bringing it to you right now as the beat drops. Let me give it another woo for you. Woo! Hey, hey, everybody. It's your boy, the Launch Dad here. We are here with episode 120 entitled, Looks Like We Made It. But but you don't just read that. You sing it just like the song, Looks Like We Made It. I won't do that again, I promise. It's episode 120, guys. I am so proud to be here broadcasting this episode. You know the deal right now. We are still under quarantine. It is... What is this? The 19th of April that I am recording this. It is Greek Easter. That's right. I'm Greek, and we just celebrated Easter today, quarantine style, just me and my wife and the kids. Still did our lamb. Don't worry. Still did our pastizio, our, our Greek cheese pie, spinach pie, all the trimmings, all of it. And, you know, because of this quarantine, uh, and because of how the schedule has been working out, I've decided to go a little low key on these shows. We're still talking leadership. We're still talking about all the important stuff, but I had a great idea the other day and it's taken me quite a few days to, to prep this in terms of bringing you some clips, some important stuff that I think is really going to hit home for you guys from our first 19 episodes. So what today is going to be, it's not going to be a best of. We're not going to call it that because that's cheesy. No, 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 no. No, that's not how the launch cast does it. We are bringing you a retrospective of the first 20 episodes of this show where we talked leadership, we talked business, we talked life, we talked growth with some incredible guests. I can't believe in 20 episodes what we've been able to put together. I'm so proud of not only this show, but the outreach that we've had. Last time we counted, man, I don't even know what the number is. I think we're uh, at this point, we have been listened to in over 25 countries which is insane to me, completely insane that we have that kind of reach. We are at over 20,000 downloads, I believe. Wow. We, we charted 
on the entrepreneurship charts and the education charts multiple times. Man, and this started as a little project that I wanted to put out there just to talk leadership, just because I was launching the leadership coaching division of my consultancy, Launchpad 516. We were launching the leadership experience, and I wanted to put something out there as a companion piece to be able to talk leadership while we put out that coaching program, and this thing took a life of its own. After episode one, our first guest was Mike Del Judas from Billy Joel's band, a singer, a guitarist, and of course the lead singer of Big Shot. I mean, that episode right there catapulted us initially, and we have had since then, man, we had uh, Trisha Brooke, award-winning director. We had Robbie Plotkin, first lieutenant, uh, U.S. Army Ranger and former pro MMA fighter. We had the CEO of Ronald McDonald House, New York Metro. We had Carol Silva, legendary, legendary newscaster in New York. We had Ben Duffy, documentarian. We had um, Bobby Rubio, uh, writer and director of Disney Pixar's Float. We had Chef Allison Fasano from the Food Network. We had Greg S. Reed, Dr. Greg S. Reed, author of Three Feet from Gold. Stickability, all those books. We had Frank Shankowitz, the co-founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We had Josh and Dave from Sounds Like Autism. There's more that I'm not even remembering at this point. I mean, we, we have had some incredible guests, and it's your support that has brought us to the point that we are at today, which is springboarding this podcast going forward to even bigger guests, even bigger messages, even bigger examples of leadership. We have some amazing things in the work in the works. But of course, right now in this very moment, we're in quarantine just like the rest of you. And so this retrospective today is what's going to be on the menu right now. So the first thing I'm going to talk about before we get to some clips is we've gotten a lot of questions from people Uh, interested in leadership on how we started this podcast. And, you know, it was really interesting. I've made a note secret that I'm, I'm the type of person that I try to be a sponge when I am out there doing things, learning new things. And so in my, my, my life as a public speaker, I've met so many incredible speakers and coaches who use different platforms in order to spread their, uh, their their brands spread their messages, and so I noticed that a few of these speakers and coaches had these podcast shows, and I found it really interesting. and And of course, one of my influences was uh, Mark Cord- Mark Cordone from the Joy Revolution, who had the uh, the Joy Revolution podcast. He now has the Golden Mike podcast, and of course, that started with the Golden Mike Live Facebook show, which is one of my favorites, and I've been on three episodes of that. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of put myself out there as a sponge. I wanted to really learn what successful people were doing in terms of podcasting. And, of course, there are the smaller shows that I I, I use them as um, uh, as knowledge bases, of course, reaching out to hosts, people that I know, asking them how they started these things, how they put them together, what kind of platforms they use. And then, of course, you look at the big ones, right? The, the podcasts that I actually listen to 
on a daily basis that are huge. You know, the, the Joe Rogan show, um, Joe Rogan experience, um, uh, uh, the Ron Burgundy podcast, which is one of my favorites, uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I mean, there are so many podcasts out there that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, and so you listen to those as well, and you take little elements that you think work, and and, and sort of align with what you're trying to do, and you put them together into a format. And so, the first thing that I knew about this show was that it was going to be about leadership. That was. Uh, non-negotiable. We were talking leadership. I wanted to have guests that had incredible stories of unconventional leadership. That was really the goal for me. And so we did that. But putting this together in a nice little package and wrapping it up neatly with a bow, that was the hard part. What's the format? Is there going to be a co-host? And this is something that I played with too. The original idea of the show was that there was going to be a rolling co-host um, for every episode, a new co-host every episode plus a new guest. Look, the logistics of that were almost impossible. And then because I'm a guy that likes to talk and I have a very specific interview, interview style, I realized that there wasn't really room for a guest co-host within my interviews. My, my interview style specifically, and this was the part of the show that I wanted to mold around one of my communications heroes, which is Howard Stern. Howard is, you know, I, I'll say that name and some people just think back to the days at, at K-Rock and WNBC before that and, you know, the term shock jock and, and all that kind of garbage and just think that it's just juvenile show. And they couldn't be farther from the truth. Howard has become the best interviewer on the planet. Hands down, there is nobody better. There is nobody that gets to the psychology of the interview. There's nobody that relates and parallels to these guests. There's nobody out there that could listen to a guest story and then tell their own story and have the guest enamored by their story when they're the guests, right? And he does this so seamlessly. And I wanted to emulate that style, not only in the conversational style, but the work behind it. That guy does a ton of research on every guest, a ton, like uh, an insane amount of research. And when you listen to a guest, a celebrity that's been out in the world for 20 years and Howard pulls a little inkling of information that had never been public before. And the guest is like, how did you find out about that? That is what gets me going, man. That really, really engages me because I know how much work this guy put into the interviews. Um, real questions, right? How were you feeling when this happened? You know, you must have been feeling a certain type of way. And these guests turn around and they're kind of like, man, nobody's ever asked me how I was feeling when I dropped that song or when I, you know, uh, appeared in that number one blockbuster movie or whatever. Um, and yeah, so, so I absolutely will admit that I modeled my interview style after what he does. And I'm not a, a one, one millionth as good as that guy, but I hope to be one day. Um, and the rest of it was kind of like, Hey, you know, we have the interview format. We have the topic. 
I put together the logistics from a technical side, how to film this, how to record it, equipment, building a studio, yada, yada. If you know me, you know that I am the type of guy that when I jump in, I jump in a million percent and I want to make sure that it is the best quality that I can possibly make it. And so I built the studio. I got the recommendations. I tested software. I tested equipment. I tested everything. I, I rehearsed. Um, you know, I put together interview notes and show notes and and um, research on each guest that was up to my standards. And I kind of decided that when I was going to go on my first episode that I wanted to sort of let it flow. Rather than having a full agenda of every single part of the show, we're going to do this bit, we're going to do this bit, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, we're going to check off all the boxes. That's not what I wanted. I knew I wanted my intro, and I worked really hard. I know it's probably the cheesiest thing, but it's my favorite part of the show, doing my intro with that song, Into the Black Hole, um, by Tommy Lundberg. Um, which I licensed for this show, which was really important to me. I spent days, by the way, looking for that song, and it just spoke to me. And, of course, I actually edited and added some sound effects in there and the woo, which is uh, a total, total, total throwback to Ric Flair. Woo! We got to throw that in there to the niche. Um, You know, because I wanted that excitement. And once I had that intro, and once I had some of the verbiage worked out for the intro, for the show, and then for my outro closing, the interview was going to be based on my research agenda, right? We always start with, are you a leader? And then we go in a linear format. We go based on a chronology of the guest life. This is the big secret to this interview. Go on based on a chronology of the guest life. We point out these spark moments, which if you listen to this show, is so important to me in terms of leadership. Then once we get to today, we talk about balance in the guest's life. We talk about how their leadership, how they have tied it into every area of their lives. Do they have balance? How do they find that balance? And then of course, the one segment that we try and have on every show and with every guest is the big three. I wanted to hear some of the, some answers to some important questions to be able to compare to other leaders. And then I wanted to know some fun stuff, right? You know, uh, we, we recently had Father Demetrius Kazakis. He's a, a, a Greek Orthodox priest. I wanted to talk to him during this quarantine time because they were doing a really interesting, um, a really interesting and innovative thing in bringing people their church services through Facebook Live since they couldn't be in the church. But this guy is a regular dude. He's a great, great guy. And so I happen to know that he loves Game of Thrones and loves the Yankees. So two of the questions on the big three, which, by the way, if you haven't listened, the big three is I throw out a topic. They give me their top three item. Right. So if I say colors, they give me their top three favorite colors. Um, And so I asked him his top three Game of Thrones moments and top three all time Yankees. You know, these are fun questions that I want to find out about, especially when it's like a juxtaposition to who people think they are. You know, when I interview a priest and people are thinking that he's going to be talking about all these church things and godly things, and then we're talking about Game of Thrones and the Yankees, that is something that interests me. 
That's why I do this. I want people to realize that leaders are just like everybody else and that you can be a leader too. That's what we're doing here, trying to build leaders. That was the that was the the formula for the show. That was it. And then basically to listen back when we're doing editing, to realize when I suck, to work on it and get better. After the first 10 episodes to look at the segments, see if I have to adjust anything, take out segments, add new segments. After the first 20 episodes, same thing again. And then after the first season, we'll go another few months and then go to a new season and we'll revamp the format even more. Probably take two weeks off in between seasons and then go again for another 50 weeks straight. You know, that's the goal of this. We're going to keep this going. Now, the other question I've gotten we were talking about the intro before. Um, my intro, the song for the intro, all of that, it's very specifically done. It was very deliberate how I picked that song, the sound effects, the countdown sound effects that I put in there. I built that on my own. That was something that I wanted it to speak to me. The woo sound effect. The the leadership the the launch countdown. Of course, the the launch is a callback to my company. Which, by the way, if you don't know that the launch cast name is based on my company being Launchpad Five One Six, and of course, this is a podcast, so it's called the Launch Cast, right? Um, I wanted that callback to go back to my company's name. I wanted to put those launch elements, the launch countdown, in the theme song. I thought that was important. I wanted to um, get myself really amped up. And that's something that was so important to me. And so I wanted that high energy, like bluesy rock sort of music. Um, and and then I wanted the, the downbeat to just hit and then be silence and then throw in that woo sound effect, because I know that gets me amped up for the episode. Right. So I'm counting. So so how this goes in terms of my software and how this whole episode works is I'm producing as I'm recording here. And so there's an opening screen that's got the whole launch cast will go live in 60 seconds. Then we got the episode graphic that goes on as the countdown starts. And once we hit three, the camera goes to me on a plain screen. And then I'm counting two, one. And then there's a, a launch explosion sound as I drop the elbow. And then the woo comes in. And then when I scream that woo, I'm so amped up inside. That was the whole point to putting that song together. And then I am ready to go. I have the energy for the interview. I need to be at a certain energy level when I'm doing when I'm doing these, because uh, it takes a lot of energy to go so deep with somebody when you're interviewing them. They're so emotionally draining and they go high, they go low, they go high, they go low. There's such a roller coaster of emotion that goes on in some of these interviews. And so I need to make sure my energy level is up. That's the secret to this. That That's what this whole thing has been about. And so now I want to play you some of my favorite moments of the show and we're going to do a couple of different categories and the first one we're going to do is you know my first question on every interview is 
when I interview that guest, I say, are you a leader? And then once they tell me if they are or not a leader, I ask them what their definition of a leader is. So we're going to go into a couple of those right now and then move on to the next. Enjoy. My guest today, Mr. Mike Del Judas. All right. First question, man. Uh, since this is about leadership, are you a leader? I don't think I don't think I'm a good leader. I'm soft. I'm a little mush. You know, uh, I tend to I tend to to give the benefit of the doubt a lot. I think to be a good leader, from what I've seen from outside, at least to, at least to have a a hugely successful business, I think you have to be a little bit able to confront and to whatever. And I'm a Pisces. I'm more of a guy that's like. I won't say anything to you until I have to strangle you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's more where I that's more where I come from. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't view myself as that. Um, but I, I wish I had better skills that, you know, for that at times I'll look back and in retrospect and go, I probably should have said that there and it would have avoided this or avoided that. You seem like a guy that's like, you know, not only you the beginning phase, but you the, you implement also. You know, yeah, and, there, uh, and there are people that aren't implement. I have great ideas, and they usually are gone by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and you're the per- kind of person that seems like you implement the stuff that you think about. Which I, is- I appreciate that, but I'll tell you, I'm as much of a fucking disaster <laughs> as anybody good. out there. I dude. thought I was the only fucking mess. I right make it look it. good on this camera, but as soon as I leave this camera, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a disaster. Oh, no, uh, uh, you're right. talking about all these traits that you talked about are what make you human. They don't make you not a leader. They make you human, which to me makes you a better leader, right? So what's if you think those are the flaws that don't make you a leader, what's your definition of a leader? Uh, I, th- I think it would be somebody that um, – good question. So you've trapped me now because I think – That's what, what I do. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think honestly if, if you're going toward leadership in a different uh, – if you're looking at it from a different angle, you know, you th- we think leadership and right away we think of, you know, structure and, and this and that. I'm more the kind of person that I'm just going to sit back and, and not say as much. And, and I would want, I would, I think a great leader is somebody that can um, have a great sense of what other people want first and what, what they need first. Because I think if you have people like I have my band under me and guys that I, that I employ all, all the time, and I think what I've learned over the years is that it's about learning from, you know, it's almost an example, learning from an example kind of thing. And you want to make sure that um, my thing is always being, I want a leader that's nice. I don't want somebody talking down to me. Right. I don't want somebody looking at me and going and pointing a finger and getting any kind of, you know, a good leader knows how to, like a good, a good shepherd knows how to just move the sheep so delicately, yeah. you know, and so whatever. And does that by example and does that by love and also does that by sometimes having to be a little firm. But never the firmness never gets to a point where you're actually looking at the person and going, "Now you're a dick." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's yeah, being for able, sure. it's being able to really take in everybody around you and go, "Don't give like kind of like Sonny you said in uh, the Bronx, I don't give too, I don't give too much, <laughs> I don't give too." You want I think that makes that's a, what makes a great leader. You know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They give you a good amount so you stay, but you don't get too much so you whatever. I think that made sense. That yeah. was a good line and, in that movie. And yeah. thank you for opening the car door for me earlier too. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I reached Yeah, I know. <laughs> my guest and my good friend, Mr. Matt Campo. I'm going to jump right in and ask the first question that I ask of all of our guests. Are you a leader? I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that for me. What What is a leader to you? What's your definition of a leader? Uh, see, I, for me, I think in, in the organization that I have the benefit of being with, uh, 
I'm only a leader because people follow me, right? So I, I think that my general motto tends to be surrounding myself with amazing people. Mm -hmm. So at RMHC, that is absolutely the case. Yeah. And then I think doing what I can to, to make them shine, which I find in turn turns around and really makes me as the leader shine. So it's it's like this magic recipe. It's uh, it's the team. Yeah. 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 And, it's and the I, team. I My guest today, Carol Silva. Carol, are you a leader? I am a leader, but I didn't start out to be a leader. It's interesting. I look back. My dad was in the military for 20 years. I grew up with a lot of other military families, never in military housing, not over in Mitchell Field back in the day, although we had the option, or in Uniondale, we had the option. My parents went for a Levitt House, the third level of military housing on Long Island. Right. So we lived in a Levitt House in Hicksville, backed into Stewart Avenue. Yep. I was five houses away from Holy Trinity, and, and we grew up there. And I describe it as being part of a tribe. Three kids born in three years with my dad in the military, um, U.S. Naval Corpsman, 1st Marine Division, Okinawa, Iwo Jima, wow. South Pacific for years and years. Saw the worst of the worst. Ended up at St. Albans Naval Hospital at one point. And my mom and her sisters were in the canteen, kind of like the USO. That's where they met. Wow. There. And they ended up getting married. They lived in St. Albans for the first year. We moved to Long Island. I was in Hicksville from the time that I was 13 months old. So the first thing that I learned was how to function in a tribe, mm -hmm. how to do for other people. My dad is Mexican. His relatives are all in California, some in Mexico. In fact, his sister ended up moving back to Mexico. And so I grew up really with my Irish-American Fitzsimons family. I still have the Fitzsimons family reunion at my home every uh. year, which is fabulous. Um, so I grew up learning how to do for others. And somewhere along the way, I think that the morals and the ethics and the optimism of my parents was the thing that gave me the attitude that I had, certainly helped with the success that I've had, the career success that I've had. And I became a leader because other people started to watch what I was doing. And I never realized how much of a leader until this last year, yeah. until my retirement. When I look at the things that people said, by the way, retiring from News 12 and getting up at 2.15 in the morning, I've not retired from life by any stretch of the imagination. Um, in fact, you're my first stop on What's Next. Oh, I'm so this happy. This is my How very honored. first stop we on What's honored. Next. How well, this honored. is kind of a challenge. You know, okay, we're going to ask you anything about your life. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. I'm yeah. ready. I'm and ready to try this. So some of these interviews have gone so in-depth, and I really enjoyed some of the moments that we had on these episodes where the guests were surprised at the level of research that I conducted before these interviews. That, and that's, that's my favorite thing. I, I mentioned before how Howard Stern is one of my heroes, and it's, it's so great to get that acknowledgement from somebody that they're like, wow, you really you did a great job here, you know? Um, and so whether it's the research or the level of the questions that jazzes me up so much when somebody acknowledges the depth of your research or the level of the question, uh, and they get into some deep shit, really, really deep shit. So I want to give you some of my favorite of those moments here as well. Enjoy. Our guest is one of my favorite people on the planet. Let me read her bio. Trisha Brooke, your husband, Joe Ricci, director, writer, actor, 
wrote In the Key of Love for Hallmark. Yes. The dude makes movies. First time I'd seen Joe not in person was I was watching your TEDx Lincoln Square videos and I saw him perform an Alanis Morissette song with Mia Gentile. Yeah, right? I make him sing in all my shows <laughs> because he's epic. I mean, he's got the most incredible voice. Joe is a great guy and I was doing a lot of research on him because one of the things I've discovered in, in recent years is that I personally couldn't have become the leader that I have become without my partner in life, my wife, Colleen. And so she is such a compliment to, to who I am and, and the team that we have formed. And so I also, I, I, and I, again, I think the timing is right. We talked about 2006 being that spark moment. When did you guys get together? 2006, we met. Look at and that. And married 2009. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and isn't it interesting that stuff starts coming together? And I'm not, I, I don't want to give credit to the relationship but sometimes that partnership, not the relationship itself, the partnership can really complete who we are. And we start seeing the world through someone else's eyes and a lot of things begin to open up to us. And that's really what's so important as well. Yeah, super important. And I think that Joe was such a great compliment to you. I found out some, I read some stuff about him. I'm going to give you this quote, which is on his website. He said, I believe in the magic that happens when talented, open people get into the room and influence each other. It is very obvious that you are like-minded and form an excellent team. We are a really fantastic team because we're in, he's incredibly supportive. We're incredibly supportive of one another, and we're also completely honest. Yeah. I will never forget the day he said, honey, that wasn't your best work. And I appreciated that so much. Yeah. You so need that. Much. Yeah, yeah. You need that. definitely do. Dealing with, with this kind of content on a daily basis and, and having the struggles that you've gone through, you know, you've, you've said that you suffer from mental illness, you are in recovery from substance abuse, right? What, what kind of role has mental illness played in your life in terms of everything, in terms of your art form, in terms of the type of content you deal with on a daily basis um, in terms of substance abuse, you know, talk about that a little bit. Oh, shit. Um, uh, if you're comfortable, uh, obviously, if you're comfortable. No, of course I'm comfortable. I'm just, it's like, uh, it's like it, the questions are so fucking good and so diligent that it's like, I'm like, I feel like I'm running on a treadmill, emotional treadmill at high speed. I'm um, sorry, man. Like, let me let me tell you while while you think of that answer, let me let me just tell people why we're doing this. You know, the the goal of this thing, and I've said this almost every single episode. The goal of this thing is to help people understand unconventional leadership. I hope you guys see a real person here with Ben. This is a real fucking human being that's going through shit and has had some successes and some failures and is experiencing the roller coaster of life as we all do. Um, if you can see this and pull some semblance of this unconventional journey, because he is a leader and he's doing some incredible shit that, you know, 99% of the people on this world couldn't do. Um, while going through these struggles, it should really fucking show you that you can do it too. You know, like that's what I'm hoping for with the audience is for them to look at this and say, 
shit, I've gone through that. And I, I could, maybe I could do that. That's a passion of mine. Or I have a passion, but I'm going through what Ben's going through. Maybe I can get through these issues and, and do it. So that's why we're doing this. So I appreciate, first of all, you diving in so deep with me because it's, it's special and it's important to what we're trying to do here. This isn't a show just to be a show. I never yeah. wanted to get on here just to say, hey, I have a podcast now. You know, This is a show to help people. Well, I'm honored. Maybe let's talk about – let's take away the, the aspect of the content you deal with in your documentaries. Let's just talk about uh, mental illness uh, and the role that it's played in your life. Okay. Jeez. Um, All right. Mental illness, you know, I landed at LAX when I was 18 years old, May 14th, 2008. And the minute I got off the plane, I said – like the amount of stress that I felt was so insurmountable because I had dropped out of school. I had nowhere to live. I might have, I might be moving in with my mom's boyfriend's ex-wife and I was like, fuck. And I moved out there luckily with my best friend, Mike Sassano, who works on all my films with me. Um, and, uh, you know, he noticed something really wrong with me when I was like, he's like, what do you think you're God? And I was like, yeah, I do. And what that was, was undiagnosed bipolar disorder and psychosis. Um, I would, uh, you know, my, my mom came to visit me one time when I was 19, I was truly psychotic and I'm not trying to be cute when I say that I have ongoing still to this day, I take a billify for ongoing treated psychosis. Okay. And uh, I was walking around in my underwear, repeating the same thing, probably for probably for 45 minutes, just pacing around the house in my underwear, repeating the same thing for 45 minutes. I would skate down Wilshire Boulevard or San Vicente Boulevard in L.A., with, um, thinking that I was a leader of a new paradigm. Like it was really bad, you know. Undiagnosed psychosis is nothing to be trifled with. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. And, and um. Bless my mom's heart. She, I think she ignored my symptoms and she didn't put me in the hospital, which I desperately needed to be in. You want to talk about being a fucking leader? Like, I'd go to bed, I'd wake up, and I'd call a professional skateboarder. Okay? Because if I didn't do that, I'd be pacing around the house for another 45 minutes in my underwear talking to myself. I was balancing psychosis with professionalism. And, uh, it was like still to this day, like it just chokes me up a little bit to talk about it because it was like, it was so painful. Um, yeah, it was really painful. And, uh, I, uh, it's like ingrained in my soul that like, I don't know, like maybe how the fuck did I do that? You know? Yeah. And like. How did I do that in the sense where, how, you know, I, I finally saw a therapist when I was 22 and she said, your resilience is stunning and I'm, and I'm honestly, I'm surprised you're still alive. You know, and that hit me. It didn't even hit me that hard at the time, but it hits me hard now because I think she's right. Like, you know, I think my saving grace back in those days when I was walking around in my underwear pacing for 45 minutes was that I wasn't drinking. Somehow, maybe because I couldn't afford it because I was because you couldn't buy alcohol as food stamps. Um, and I just maybe wasn't that interested at the time. 
But, you know, mental illness transcended or not transcended. It turned me into an alcoholic because once I finished We Are Skateboarders and I was dating this fucking girl who was physically abusive and, you know, I was 21. Like I was just collecting checks from We Are Skateboarders and partying and partying and partying, smoking weed, all that shit. So eventually I was 25, 26 years old and I couldn't make it past 4.30 p.m. without, um, you know, having a pint of gin Mm. and uh, on my balcony chain smoking cigarettes. And uh, that's not what we call a leader. That's what we call a fucking loser. Not that I like to use that word lightly because I don't believe anybody's a loser, but I'll say that about myself because I had lost something, you know, I lost my wits. I lost my ability to persevere and uh, it was just uh, sometimes you got to get it when the going's good and when I was 19 I should have been hospitalized and that's all there's to it. Yeah. And when I was when I was finally hospitalized at 23 and they told me that I was psychotic and I had bipolar disorder it was a true identity crisis and all I can do to numb that crisis was to drink um, and party. You know what I mean by parting. Yeah, man. And, uh, yep. So here I am, one year out of rehab, and I've never felt so good in my life. Um, as far as my stability goes, I still struggle, of course, like immensely. But thanks to a loving relationship with my dad and thanks to a girl who loves me so unconditionally, happy Valentine's Day, Amelia. <laughs> Uh, she'll probably never watch read watch us because she's probably doesn't want to give me that credit, but I do love you to death, and uh, she's just so fucking good to me, and it helps me to love myself more. You know, it helps me to say I don't need to drink. It helps me to say I, you know, I want to be fully present for her. I want to be. I want to reciprocate the love and the the love that I was reminded that was, that exists in other people towards me that I found in rehab. Like those people loved me so much. And, uh, I truly was at a place where my mental illness and my alcoholism 100,000% depleted any kind of love that I felt for myself. And, um, you know, take a look at this heart. Fuck me up. I'll just be honest. I never said this out loud to anybody, but it did fuck me up. It fucked me up because I couldn't handle um, just like I believed I made something so good and I was just like I was whether it was the pinnacle of my life on that cliff at the end of Port, in Puerto Rico at the end of the film helping Grachelle out to the edge of the cliff, taking her out of her wheelchair. I mean, I've never experienced something so beautiful than that. And as a person with bipolar disorder, you search for highs. And, and I, that was November, that was Thanksgiving, 2017 mm. when I took her chill out to that, to that cliff. And I want to, I've been searching for that feeling ever since, you know, I've been searching for that, that pinnacle of life that I felt that, that moment. And, uh, I never found it. Maybe sometimes, like when my girlfriend tells me she loves me, I can feel it. Or when my dad like tells me he loves me, like I can feel that. But 
just just for a moment, but it fucked me up because I it brought me to such a place of mania. The the feedback and the success and the the love that I was getting for take a look at this heart that I just kind of felt like the rest of my life was I'll never be able to amount to anything like that again. And I guess that weighed out in on me a lot. Um, I'm really not trying to be dramatic. This is just my experience and nobody can take that away from me. Um, alcoholism is like, I don't preach sobriety, but I do preach to myself that it dragged me into the dirt six feet deep, pretty much metaphorically speaking. And, uh, I'm still climbing out of that hole. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. My guest, Mr. Bobby Rubio. Um, I read something else where you said when I was growing up, I didn't see many characters that looked like me on television or movies. And I'm thrilled that my children will have these guys and hopefully they're just the beginning and will inspire more Phil and stories to come. And you're doing that with a project that you've been working on for, for quite a while, right? Uh, the neighborhood yeah. legend project. Yeah. Neighborhood legend. Yeah. So I want to talk uh, about that a little bit. Okay. Neighborhood legend is a story. I wanted to create a Filipino superhero. Because when I saw Black Panther and, and saw how like that just blew up and everyone's like loving it, I felt like, oh, I want to make a Filipino superhero and uh, and showcase our culture. And what we have in our culture is the Screama uh, fighting. And people who know of it are people people who are used to it being Nightwing from Batman and or Black Widow has Eskrima sticks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's ours. <laughs> and it would be nice if you actually saw a Filipino person uh, actually doing our martial art. So um, I am creating this character, uh, 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 Danny Reyes, and he is the neighborhood legend, and it's gonna have Filipino culture in it. And and it's me just trying to uh, showcase our 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 martial art, our stories, and everything in this story. So that's my goal, at least. Yeah. How long have you been working on that? Hmm. On and off. On and off about two years now, I think. It it might have two years. I might have had the concept, and then I, and 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 then I actually started taking the Screama classes. And I have a, a screamer professor, and he's been telling me more about it. So it's been getting tighter and tighter. I'm still kind of in story phase, but um, it's getting there. All right. What's next here? Oh, oh, Launchpad 516. Fabrizio, put that good stuff on for this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like this. Launchpad 516. What can I say about this company? My life's work, I founded this company in 2013, and man, what a journey it has been since then. I took everything, everything that I've learned in business, in life, the mistakes, the successes, and I built this company with one mission in mind, and that was to go out there and fix businesses. And damn it, we have done it. Management consulting, what does that mean? You need help with growth strategy, your company is failing, your company 
needs help growing, your company is doing good, but just needs that little extra push, that's us. We come in, we analyze, we work with your people, and we help you figure out how to get to the next level. I promise you that. Now, what else? Marketing? Sure. Media Convergence, the marketing agency within Launchpad 516, We have Fortune 500 clients and we do it all. Web design, web development, social media marketing, email marketing, SEO, pay-per-click, video and graphic production, all of it. Public relations? Yeah. We are a creative marketing agency and we get your brand out there, plain and simple. Welcome to creativity is our slogan and we mean it. Now, what else? Coaching? Sure. We've been coaching for years. You just didn't know it. We've been coaching CEOs, COOs, C-level executives under our consults for years. But now, with the leadership experience, we're taking it to the streets and we are coaching one-on-one with individuals like you. You need help with personal growth. You need help with career growth. You need help finding your leadership and changing the world, that's that. The leadership experience will do that for you. And all of this, it's under the umbrella of Launchpad 516. So visit us at launchpad516.com, launchpad and the numbers 516.com. Check out the link in our show notes. Let's change the world together, guys. Fabrizio, great choice on the music, buddy. Some of the moments from this show have, have really gone off the rails and have, have had me in stitches. I, I listen back to these when we're editing the shows, and I'm just like, wow, I, I cannot even believe we went there. And so I want to play some of those moments right now, and these are some of my favorite off-the-wall moments on the LaunchCast. Yeah, so what what was the impetus for that once you moved on from selling promotional items? Impotent? I never said I was impotent. (laughs) That's a different show. That's the After Dark show here. But before that, can you do the Australian one one more time? All right, mate. (laughs) How about about British now? Okay, I need to channel my inner Patrick Bardsley. Um, (laughs) I hope he's not pissed I just did that. All right, mate. It's the same one. It's the same one, Josh. It's the same one. You know what? We're going to stop there. I don't know. We're going to stop there before they rename your podcast. Sounds sounds like racism. (laughs) Real quick, I'll I'll give a shout to SLA. So uh, Sounds Like Autism, you guys can find it where? Everywhere podcasts are available, right? Mm -hmm. Listen to it, subscribe, share. Go to soundslikeautism.com. You can find the podcast there, but also you can find the merchandise there. Like, hold on. Let me zoom in on George here. Oh, yeah. Move my mic. What a shirt. Don't you just love that shirt? Isn't that beautiful? I always wanted to to show everybody my brain, and now. There you go. See, now you can. With headphones. Yeah. Now you can. And buy them because, you know what? Dave has Dave has a kid. That's right. Dave's got to live. Josh doesn't have, Josh might have kids. He's dating. Who knows if there's kids out there that he doesn't know about. We hope not. But, hey, you know. One day he might get that phone call after he does the 23andMe test and says, <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, 
Any cash? And then you go, hold on, let me go into the let me go into my t-shirt fund. And yes. Yes, son. That's right. I have some cash for you. God. We hope that doesn't happen. But. I pray to God. <laughs> I pray to God. Josh, you're a little little younger than us, right? You're how old? I'm twenty-six. So Josh is He's still looking for the one. Ladies, ladies, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to edit some good music in here, but we'll put the bounce to the wow, wow music. Girl. <laughs> Little boys to men. <laughs> Josh is still looking for the one, ladies. I'm going to flash an 800 number on screen where you can call to a Josh. No. Um, you know, something that I've always wondered, is it just Alexa? Actually, no. People think it's like a Madonna or Beyonce situation. I have a last name. It's Jackson. Oh, wow. Jackson. I literally had no idea that your last name was Jackson. What do you prefer that I call you? It's Alexa. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Oh, girl. All right. Take it easy. You know what I'm going to do, Alexa? I'm going to ask you the question that we always start with here. Alexa, are you a leader? Are you kidding me? I'm like the Michael Jordan of the cloud. If Abraham Lincoln and Rosie from the Jetsons had a baby, and that baby was awesome, that's me. I gotta ask you, what is your definition of a leader? Two words. Wu-Tang. Nuff said. Did you just say Wu-Tang? Are you hard of hearing I said. The Rizzle Fo Shizzle. You got. Inspect a deck. Ghost face killer. The Wu-Tang clan mofo. My guest tonight. <laughs> Mr. Mark Cordone. Ready? Oh, God. What is this? The big three is your top three. How did you know that I've only slept with three people? (laughs) (laughs) That is an absolute lie. (laughs) I have a a nickname for you privately that I'm not going to share here. (laughs) We have Father Dimitrios Kazakis. But I do think that there's a, a certain stereotype attached to to the priesthood in terms of just being this larger than life person that is is unapproachable and i'll get into that a little more later but you're a regular dude right like Try I mean, to be. Try to be. <laughs> you're a regular dude and i and i and i love that we're having this conversation because it, it not that it humanizes you it humanizes your your position in life so that you know people can understand that you're there as a leader to be approachable you know to be there for the people yeah. that that you represent in your parish and others. So, so I love that. I think the question we're all wondering is under under that vestment, are you wearing PJs right now? Are you wearing uh, are you wearing sweats? <laughs> Good question. What's you going what? on? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually proud to say. Can you see? Can you see yes. my shirt? I knew it. I, I actually, I actually happen to be wearing my Yankee shirt. I knew it. <laughs> With us today, we have Allison Fasano, Chef Allison. We're going to get into next. All the dirty details. All the dirty, dirty details. All the, all the hidden secrets that Allison doesn't know I'm going to be bringing you gonna, up I'm going to tell you who my Valentine is. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have one. Applications are open now. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe right for Allison Fasano. Uh, she is on every maybe major. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. She who is knows? on every major dating app out there. That's not true. I'm not. She's not. I'm, I'm not. Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. People are like, what's your interest? I don't know. You got to get on that celebrity one. There's oh, is a, there one? I forget what it is called. Oh, man, I got to look this up. I'll mention it in the second segment. There's a celebrity one. There's one where it's all celebrities on there. There's like I feel a vetting like process. I would not do very well. I guess I have like, I just can't. I'm, yeah. I'm more on like Instagram and Facebook. I'm not a dating app type of gal. All right. You know. All right. 
Then you'd just be here. Be on the launch cast. Thanks. I'm also really a cheap date because I really don't eat or drink a lot. So that's Perfect. Right. And we're getting into that. <laughs> we are. We have my friend Rob McCaffrey. Uh, I got them on Hulu watching Perfect Strangers, oh. and they have binged the whole. They love Perfect Strangers. See, I like that show yeah. because I thought that uh, Bronson Pinchot was a genius. He was a genius. Yeah, it was a great they were show. Geniuses together, like for sure. The back and forth they had was incredible. Yeah, incredible. I started watching him because Balky was from like a, a, a Fugazi version of Greece, which oh, didn't was, exist. Mipos, Mipos, Mipos. Right. Yeah, oh, Mipos. He was supposed to be Greek. Yeah, so it was it was like a Fugazi version of I Greece. I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> like it didn't. So like in some of the when he would speak Miposian, yeah, there were some words that were Greek in there. There it, for every like hundred words, there were like three Greek oh, words. I didn't that he know that. Yeah. Oh, so it was supposed God. to be. So I I think they had mentioned Greece one or two times. It was supposed to be some like cousin country of greece but yeah like yeah. next door like about that big like yeah. as big as montenegro yeah. or something like that <laughs> but right. that's why i started watching that because i was like oh my god this is this is my person these yeah. are my people and of course we close them up every time with the big three and of course if you don't know the big three i'm going to give them a topic they give me their top three answers for that topic we've had some incredible answers on the big three. It's one of my favorite moments of the show. And so I want to play some of those for you right now. The big three from the launch cast. I, I will say this is a dream guest for me. First, I'll, I'll introduce him, then I'll go into the bio. Mr. Frank Shankowitz. All right, guys, it is time for the big three. The big three from the launch cast. Big three is, uh, I'm going to list a few things, Frank. You're going to give me your top three for each item that I list. All right? Ready? No. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be gentle. All right? First one, top three failures in your life. Um, marriage. Um, wow. You know what? That's it. That's it. I love it. it. I'll accept one. Yep. <laughs> My guest today, Mr. Mike Del Judas. Top three Billy Joel songs. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Uh, Vienna. And I got to really think. 2,000 years. Oof, my man. With me today, my guest, First Lieutenant Robbie Plotkin. Top three failures. Top three failures. Um, my marriage. Understanding the direction in my life at an early age. Mm. And man, I don't like this question because I, I I don't think I don't think any any of them is a is a failure. I just think uh it's built me to be who I am and I think that that's just success in the end. I think the only failure I'll have is is by not being who I am. Yeah. We have Mr. Scott Schmarin on the show today. Top three favorite foods before The Awakening. Uh, they'd probably be the same as they are now. It would be uh, pizza, good pizza. Like from Chicago, that's Lou Malnati's pizza, not you know, like the thin stuff you guys have out there. <laughs> um, uh, ice cream. And a good, hard, crispy chocolate chip cookie. Okay. By the way, I've been uh, to all of those places. When I was in Chicago last year, we hit every single Portillo's, Luminati's, yeah. all of them. 
I think that'll do it for the retrospective, guys. I'm going to keep it short on this one because we're only 20 episodes in. We haven't done shit yet. We have a lot more to do, and I'm so excited to to just get more of these episodes to you guys. I'm excited to have guests back in my studio like we always do. We will have guests during the quarantine. We're just trying to keep everybody safe right now. Uh, as you know, I, I've spoken about this, but I built a home studio temporarily because I don't want to you know, travel even to my office, which right now is is under quarantine anyway, and, and nobody's been in there in, in weeks and weeks. But uh, again, it's just about keeping everybody safe. I want people to feel comfortable. There's a level of excitement that comes from people being in studio. And so we've had the opportunity to have even more Skype interviews the way we do these through our software, Skype and Zoom interviews. But, you know, I want to pick and choose those because some of these guests that are available for these virtual interviews i i just i want their first time to be in the studio together because it's just a, a different level for me and so uh we will keep you keep you entertained and keep this this podcast going and these interviews going and look if the quarantine is is more long term we'll get people on here for our virtual interviews of course but i wanted to give you this retrospective for this episode i wanted to remind you that we're not going anywhere This is something that I've dedicated myself to. It's part of what I do now. It's become a tool and a resource for many people, and so I don't want to let anybody down. The LaunchCast will continue. I can't wait to keep going to complete our Season 1, which I'm planning for 50 episodes. That's how I'm going to roll this year, which means we'll be wrapping up Season 1 at the end of the year. We'll take two weeks off. We'll come back for a strong Season 2, and we're going. We're going to keep going on this going to keep going on this what i'm going to close this with is we always do the spark moment of the week on this show and so i'm not going to give you a retrospective of the spark moment of the moment of the week because that's something that you deserve live right now this one's simple guys there was never a plan for this show it was never a long-term plan i researched this i thought about this for a long time i planned on this for about a year but this was never a long-term goal of mine to do this i did this out of necessity and when you get that calling you you do it. You drop everything and you figure out how to get it done because one of those callings to leadership, one of those callings where you have to do something greater, you have to put something out there for other people, that's important. You need to do it. You need to listen to that part of yourself, your intuition, your faith, whatever it is. You need to listen to it. You need to do it. And guess what? I did it. I'm not a I'm not a radio guy. I'm not a podcast host. That's not what I ever intended to be. But I needed to do it as part of what I'm putting out there, part of the leadership I'm putting out there. And I got it done. And I did my research. I leaned on my community. I leaned on my tribe. And we got this thing done. And we're putting it out there. And I and I think a really good quality. I would I would dare to say that this is a really good quality podcast and and good quality content that's coming out of this. And we're just trying to help people. And so when you get that calling, you fucking do it. You get out there and you run your ass off and you get it done and do it the right way at the level quality that that you owe to yourself. So that's going to do it for our Sparkman of the Week. Guys, tune in every single Monday morning, 6 a.m., Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. You know the deal. Every single place out there. That's where you'll find the LaunchCast. We did it. 
it it doesn't just look like we made it. We made it. Episode 120 wrapping up today. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Thanks for being here, guys. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. Thanks for listening to the LaunchCast today. Please make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And make sure to visit our website, guys, thelaunchcast.com. Looking forward to the next episode. See you soon, guys.